Hey guys, welcome to Unravel with Nukula Quela. Today's episode will look at why cheating has become normal or why cheating has become fashionable. So I have Reggie with me. Hey Reg. Hey, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Great, thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to have you once again. So, so cheating has been normalized by modern society. The world is now sensationalized. Values, morals, and principles equate to algorithms. Who gets the numbers decides who does what in a particular time. We know how influential the hip-hop culture has been since the early 90s. There are lyrics or bars that can make the listener feel uncool for being in a monogamous relationship. Loyalty is no longer a standard procedure. Yeah, um, I must say that uh, it actually is um, something that we face with and it seems it's a, it's a new way of actually proceeding as a society and relating. But it's, it's only normalized when we don't have um, people to rather guide the confusions amongst uh, the youth in the country. And I do, I do actually respect the fact that you quoted some of the songs that we listen to because are uh, from the music and to what we see on television that becomes what actually construct how we think about one another in a relational sense and in a in a more like um romantic sense so if chris brown says this holds ain't loyal already he has left a message in everyone's mind that this is how we should perceive the other whereas if you drag it back a bit back in the 90s you would hear a lot of artists who actually vehemently talked about love in ways you cannot imagine because primarily how we love uh, defines how we marry and how we marry defines how we do parenting which defines how we do the society and community so the way we are living and how everything becomes normalized is basically because of how we dated so the dating altogether told the society that's going to come after us which is what we are seeing today. It's not actually a disconnection whatsoever. It actually is how the society has changed to be. So we have to actively uh, change the narrative. Because actually, on, on that note, I've, I've heard like quite a few people say, Ubuti, um, if you are married, you have to have a side chick. Like, why? Who said you have to have a side chick? So it goes back. It goes back to the music, um, popular culture as a whole. To be quite honest, yeah, literally, I, I think you're right. But the thing is that there isn't even anyone who utters, or rather, who actually directs conversations about marriage or romantic relationship. Every industry, everyone who talks online, pertaining new ways of doing things. They are talking about the future of technology, the future of traveling, the future of uh, learning and teaching. Nobody actually talks about the future of romantic relationship, which is actually very paramount to everyone's existence. People do not care about whether they are earning a lot of money or what. If it doesn't help them to find the other and impress the other, 
they literally don't yeah. care. But then it, I think we've gotten it wrong to think that people want to be the best version of themselves for themselves. It's not the case. And no. would that be the case? Today, if you look around, um, the whole side chick thing and everything, we, remember we don't um, actually be in a relationship with a person. We get into a relationship with what a person has. So basically, the person themselves are not in a relationship with you either. Because when you're looking at someone's big boobs and breasts and uh, actually uh, and big ass, that's what you need for your last and desire. And during this lockdown, those things have been exposed. And during this uh, ways of actually doing things in the information age, people do still want to run after the things that they actually ran after to find you, right? It's not a side chick case because after that side chick, they're going to get the side chick of the side chick to the main. It's actually how it, it spiraled out of control. So we're constantly feeding the monster in us that we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. But today I actually want us to look at the lasting mental effects of, of cheating. And I decided to just mm. focus on three. Um, so basically number one would be a lack of self-esteem. So the one who has been cheated on will suffer a crushing blow to his or her self-esteem. To make matters worse, they begin to lie to lie for their partners to their loved ones. Why do victims of cheating shift the blame to themselves? But cheating is a is a whole different scenario altogether. I think cheating has been criminalized in many ways. We have problematized it in ways that fits our way of actually mm. uh, functioning as a society. Cheating can be a definitive to um, the state of a relationship. What have you been missing or what have you missed yeah. in relation with one another? Um, have you stopped okay. taking care of the relationship normally during the first stages of romantic relationship? When you get in it, everyone is impressing and doing their best. I mean, you sleep, you sleep with lingeries, you actually go to an extent of of literally of literally taking care of your woman would where you would go for um waxing and all that but when, exactly when now we are married people stop doing those things guys stop going to gym people stop just you stop you start sleeping with uh, your painting hood on your head and that's it Forgetting that what brought this person close to you desire-wise was not those things. This person saw somebody that has actually died the more the relationship became serious. So now when they go out of it, imagine one thing. Yeah. Uh, no, not actually a normal person can ever, there is no normal person who can break the walls they work hard for to get in. So normally it's indicative. It's actually the side it's actually the side effects or rather the symptoms of something that is going on between you guys that you're just not honest to talk about in a romantic relationship. So when when uh, what you're talking about is attribution of culpability. Whose fault is this? Right? Uh, often uh, couples do try to take a blame themselves in order to remove you from the pain of it all. 
or other shifted blame to actually the person who's in here to say you made me doing this by actually not doing this whereas we, we all we, we all hold a, a responsibility in a romantic relationship to the betterment of the other to say when things are going south we need to talk that listen i'm feeling a bit weird and let's connect it to you what is going on those are honest conversation we should have that now start noticing the receptionist at work or umakelan or your friend and always always remember that uh just behind the fence behind the fence of the two lies the threat yeah right there's always that thing that's waiting to take a couple um uh, away from each other it might be the situation it might be in the girlfriend or the side chick they're just waiting for that moment that you start not showing up for your person i also looked at I looked at trust issues where there's like a a recurring cause um of the the baggage so basically you carry the baggage to the to the next relationship and some people cannot like some people cannot stay single like mm-hmm. save their lives so you were dealing with being cheated on in the previous mm-hmm. relationship and now you're carrying that same energy onto the next relationship i think what happens is that i mean with a relationship or any anything that requires vulnerability from you as a person um it requires from you to uh, to set, uh, to a certain extent okay. you need to trust in, in it in the person or in a situation so you all actually open yourself vulnerably so to trusting in the ways the person says to you that they love you they will take care of you they will fight for you you mean everything and you trust every word that comes out of that person right now the entire person after saying that they actually turn around and do the opposite so when the next person says the same how easy will that be for you to trust it's not going to be easy you have been exposed when you were vulnerable so it is difficult for one to actually trust in words like love nowadays if you look around people actually just say romantic relationship is like a yeah it's like a extreme sport right you can't trust what other people are saying and so with that being the narrative that is um vehemently uh, uttered everywhere in social media even people who have as actually not experienced things like that they start believing the dominant word but it's not even the case you got to actually trust in the process open yourself for the other uh, disappointment and i was just as i was saying on my uh, on my facebook that you didn't say when you failed mathematics adversity you did not drop out because of that did you no you didn't drop out but then why did you drop out of love after just one disappointment so we got to be willing to trust the process it doesn't mean that every person you date is going to be the right person it's just that if you actually date consciously being aware 
of what you are doing, who you are doing it with, and defining your standard. You are unlikely to fail in a romantic relationship. But today, people don't even have standard. They just go in it because they are hormonal, they are horny, and they are lonely. And to some extent, you want you want something to work out from that. It's difficult for for it to work out. You actually touched on loneliness, and I actually want to further speak on that how a lot of people get into relationships because they're lonely only to find that they will still continue to be lonely in that relationship is is loneliness something that can be filled by someone or there's like a higher power that that fills that void it need not to be a higher power uh, first of all before you, you actually get in a romantic relationship you have to be in a relationship with yourself right and that actually eliminated the solitude, the loneliness, right? But then a lot of people are not even in a relationship with themselves, right? They don't know what they are, who they are, what they are capable of, right? Exactly. But then they drag themselves into a relationship with the other person. Imagine you don't know where you're going and you just got in a taxi that... Uh, the driver promises you that it's going to Jobek and you just hope that it's going there. Then when out of the blue, the driver says, take a U-turn and say, I know, we are going to Mlazi. And now you start protesting. You should not protest because to start with, you did not tell the driver where you wish to go. So the driver can take you anywhere they wish to go. But just like it happened where people get themselves in situationships because they were lonely. They did not define to themselves what they need. First of all, listen, who you are thinking romantically is you. It's not yeah. the other person. It is you, the one that you're thinking. When you say, I'm attracted to this kind of a person, it's actually the desires that were implanted, or rather that were planted in you through childhood experiences and others. So you're still seeking you. You're looking for you in the other. Either that other is going to be affirming those parts of you that you need them affirmed, or confirming, or rather improving on some of the experiences that you have had with your childhood experiences. So basically, it's not actually about looking outside. Look inside to find the person you're looking for, which is you. And people love you because of the love that you have established for yourself by yourself. Not when you go out, looking all loose everywhere on social media, hoping to attract the right person. Guys, no, it doesn't work that way. When you look loose, when you have all your best and your bumps out, you attract the people who are about that. You can't put a catalog on the advertisement and when people come and not literally look for that of which you advertise and you start telling them that no, but the, there are other things on that shelf. They will tell you that but that's not what we saw on the advertisement anyway. But everything happens psychologically. And I also want to look at the heavy Im impacts on all areas of your life, like how um, something affects um, areas of your life. For example, you underperform at school or at work. And um, for me, I think I've actually come to realize how detrimental early dating can be. That's why I, I personally, if I had to give my 20-year-old self advice, I would say focus on, on, your, on your studies and your dreams and finding yourself. Because at, at most, at certain ages when you're dating, you do not have the emotional intelligence to rise 
from certain occasions to the point that it's just done. Relationships are very quintessential to human development because it confirms to you your ability, your beauty. The first time someone touches you and say your sex and look at you in the eyes and say, I love you, that actually for a black child can be something extreme because most of the time our parents don't even actually tell us such things. So, so when the first person says that, it can actually bring about heavy emotions. Yeah. That can actually grow you, right? But then now, when that person who has been saying those things tells you otherwise and leave you, that literally sinks you into depression. One of the things that I found in my studies when I was actually doing the research on how men deal with lots of a romantic relationship, actually being dumped, that one of the detrimental things was depression. Because it actually demeans you of your sense of ability, your sense of self. You start doubting yourself. Is there something wrong with me as a person? Hence, you would really dig around to check who they are dating, to weigh yourself against the current person. And if it's someone who's just uh, not at the standard you are looking, uh, you are bound to into different kind of self-doubts right but then with regard to confidence and your sense of ability obviously when you're depressed you're going through like chronic feeling of sadness emptiness and loneliness and your higher order will never engage when you're going through those states because you feel a sense of worthlessness which makes you not want to go to work or rather engage with people around you. You just want to exist in your own world. Um, I, I have some comments here from Twitter mm. um, on, on why people cheat. So <laughs> number one says a man is not at peace with himself. He tends to see a quick fix to his lack of inner security. And the second one says desire is never satisfied. Mm. And the last one is like the Zulu culture says Indota is stronger, meaning a man can have as many women. So do you think culture also has a role to play in, in the whole teaching society? You know, most of the time people, um, it's it's cultural, most of the time people, if they don't find a meaning or understanding to something, they make it a, a culture or a belief. This is what seems analogable as men. We do like this. We, so they normalize it to make it a culture, but they make it a culture to normalize it, right? Then what happens is that we have not actually descended into understanding the, 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 the endeavor of cheating. So now coming back to what has been uttered, if you see today on social media, there is a culture that we can't love each other, or rather people are not genuine and they cannot be able to uh, genuinely love one another. And that's what we perpetuate. But we are responsible for those narratives as a youth of this country to change them and to rewrite them because the, the stories of love, about love, by us. They are actually written by us and it requires a lot of editing, a lot of literally proofreading and rewriting. You're going yes. to start again at times, right? But then when you look around with whatever uh, the comment that you mentioned, uh, around masculinity, men are promoted to actually do be promiscuous, but it's only hegemonic masculinity or toxic masculinity that promotes it. Because show me strength. I always dare men that show me strength 
by loving one woman and improving her and actually literally building her. I would say you are a real yeah. man because you build someone and actually point them to the right direction, right? But then nowadays, the media perpetuates the same kind of um, narrative that if you if you make the one with the biggest bum, the biggest boobs, mm-hmm. you are the realness of them all. Uh-huh. But then it's subjective. Okay. It's subjective. It's subjective because... <laughs> That of which you can be real about, just making women with big bones doesn't make you someone who can be a real man in an academic space. Because if you engage, if you engage you on an intellectual level, you can't, right? If we take you on a physical level where we fight traditionally, um, maybe uh, maybe through traditional fights, if they take you there, you might not win any. So it's subjectivity. But the the more louder one is the one that you see being perpetuated. On social media and on the media industries um to close off uh, a man biologically engineered or genetically designed uh to be promiscuous for procreation it's never that way um the same kind of nonsense that is being perpetuated today about men is one that was perpetuated about women back then that women are not intelligent women should stay home and work and take care of the kids can you see so now when people come and fight the culture things are changing women are holding top positions women are driving buses nowadays what can you say about their findings men are biologically capable of loving committing to one woman it's just that there's this sense of wanting to belong and that of which people want to belong to is a louder narrative amongst men where they want to be part of a group right but being part of the group yep. that's that's identity right group yep. identity being part of the group involves that you, you have to at least do what we are doing a group of us now who just uh, just like banging a lot of women but that you can only single them out from there where you have a group of men who are about success and actually empowering their women so you can dissolve that dysfunctional group into a functional group but it's just that the louder noise which happens to mistake to be mistaken to be the right one is one that people sells which is what is happening nowadays because our little sisters are confused as well they say means they're just willing to try out a new big guy and give them their womanhood and just experiment with all their genitals and everything. So men who are suffering from low self-esteem goes to those young women. I can't blame you as a man if you go for a person who doesn't have a thinking capacity of your size. You're not a real You're a weak man who's compensating for your weakness. If you're a real man, if you're a real man, go to a woman that you can either be older, uh, older than with maybe three years or something, or somebody who is who's actually in the same uh, academic or thinking ability, that I will value. If you see a lot of men who take advantage, they never play around women who have passed 25. They are intimidated. Exactly. They're willing to go to the 19-year-old because they know that these ones are just curious. Before they wake up, we are done with them. And that's really corny. Reggie, thank you so much. That is all I have for today. Catch me on the next episode.